If you're new to the podcast community and you want to start a new podcast and you're looking for a platform that is user-friendly, that has everything you need at your fingertips, that won't set any limits, that you can earn money, then I would recommend Anchor. Now, Anchor can be used basically anywhere. You could be in your car, you can be laying on the sofa in bed where you can edit, um, record, and upload. Um, You can throw in um, soundtracks. You can, I mean, everything is there for you. Now, I use it because, like, it's user-friendly and um, it is free. And I find it really easy to navigate without it being very confusing now most platforms you know before you can even try it out you need to sign up and pick a plan I like anchor because I don't have to go through any of that so I recommend it now if you really want to get into it I recommend you going to your website anchor.fm and you know signing up or you can download anchor.fm from the google store itunes um, and give it a try so don't forget to go to anchor.fm sign up and i'll see you all in podcast community folks and welcome back to another episode so in today's episode we are going to be talking about a creepypasta i haven't done a creepypasta in a while so i figured well might as well do a creepypasta so um bear with me a second Now, um, this is, uh, this creepypasta is called What Happens at Dillerson Farm, and it's from a Reddit user called HoodQuest. Um, so let's get on with it. This creepypasta has a rating of 9 out of 10. So, um, should be a 10 minute reading, but knowing me with my coughing attacks, it may be a little longer and it may be a little shorter. So just bear with me and hopefully you guys can enjoy this, um, uh, creepypasta. Now, 
Um, it is basically creepypasta about animals and wildlife, beings, entities, body horror, deaths, murders, disappearances, um, monsters, strange and unexplained, psychological horrors, investigations, farms. So, let's begin. In the world... There are locations that some may consider strange. Of course, there are typically haunted houses, old burial grounds that may or may not actually be supernatural. But none could be truly compre- but none could truly comprehend the happenings of the Dillerson Farm. Now, the Dillerson Farm was a place that even the bravest adventurers would not go. Now, it was hard to call skeptics truly skeptic when they refused to set foot on the place. The origins of the Dillerson farm are not exactly known, but its history was enough to write a book. The first case would be from 1962. Now, the farm would be inherited by John and Mabel Dillerson, along with their four children. John inherited from the farm from his grandfather, who passed away from tuberculosis. John's grandfather, Henry, would be described as a good man. He was a hard worker who cared about the farm just as much as he cared about his family. Now, for many decades, Henry lived on the farm though it was never known if he owned the farm or if he inherited the farm himself. In Henry's final days, he was hysterical. In his hospital room, he would scream constantly about holes in the fields and hands rising from the ground. It was never known what he meant before he died. That was until John inherited the farm. Now, neighbors were not as keen to those Dillersons as they were to Henry. John was described as a raging drunk. Mabel was a loud, burdensome woman. The three Dillerson sons were um, troublesome teens who would skip school and throw parties on the farm. And their one daughter was sheltered and a spoiled child. Police would be called to the Dillerson farm almost daily, from the domestic abuse to noise complaints. There was nothing the Dillersons wouldn't, weren't notorious for. That was until the night of May 16, 1963. At around midnight, neighbors heard Mabel Dillerson screaming and shouting from the fields. She was naked and red in the face. She seemed unspeakably hysterical about something. The situation quickly turned grim when it was discovered why she was behaving the way. A few days before, Mabel's beloved cat, Whiskey, had gone missing. Mabel speculated that perhaps John had something to do with it. It wasn't until that night that Mabel was taking a late night shower when she heard faint meows from the bathroom window. She didn't even put on any clothes before she ran outside. This is when she met with a grisly sight. Mabel discovered whiskey. 
but he'd been completely skinned. It was not like his fur had been shaved. Whiskey's skin was completely gone. It was like it had been clearly peeled. The worst part was that the poor thing was still alive. Seeing this, Mabel went into an absolute meltdown. She began screaming naked into the night, blaming John. Mabel spent the night in the police custody for her own protection. John got his rifle and put the poor feline out of its misery. Who would do something so horrendous? No animal or person should ever have to go through something that horrendous. The next event would take place on February 2nd, 1964, at 10 p.m. Police were called to the Dillerson farm after gunshots were heard. When they arrived on the scene, John Dillerson was out in his backyard. He was an incoherent mess. He was screaming about the farm as well. He claimed to have witnessed each and every other Dillerson member get dragged into the well. He spoke of black, oily tendrils arise from the well and pull Mabel down. She got out that night to check up on the chicken coop after she heard a ruckus. John was watching from the window. He jumped up, tried to alert the kids, but they were already gone. They weren't in their bed when he lost scene. The gunshots rang out and John proclaimed that they'd come back, but it wasn't them. He spoke of something in the well that took his family and then pretended to be them. The police assumed that John had suffered a mental breakdown, executed the order, executed the, executed the other Dillerson members and disposed of the bodies in the farm as well. John was later sentenced to a mental facility for the rest of his days. The rest of the Dillerson members were never recovered. Though attempts were made to recover the, from the well, though they tried, the authorities noted that they will never seem to end. They proclaimed that it was bottomless. It's not known how deep that well truly is, but this was an all too familiar situation for the neighbors of the Dillerson farm. They recalled Henry's dying ramblings. Did his talk of something in the ground actually have weight? For almost two decades, the Dillerson farm would be a desolate mass of land. People around the area began to suspect that the Dillerson farm was cursed. The next event wouldn't take place until 1983. By this point, the Dillerson farm was practically in the state of abandoned despair. That wasn't until the property would be purchased by a mining company that was mainly based in New York at that time. Now, in the late fall of that year, the mining company sent 20-man crew to the Dillerson farm in the hopes of harvesting the rich soil. See, while the Dillerson farm would be cursed, the place would re- the pace would produce some of the best crops ever seen. By this point, most of the neighbors had moved away, and Dillerson was officially a desolate strip of land. 
15 of the men vanished one November night during a 30-minute night break. The manager had came back to find 15 of his staff gone, four incapacitated on the ground. Of the four that remained, none of them could accurately recall what happened. All that could be gathered was that the crew had heard strange noises coming from one of the freshly dug holes. One of the men went to investigate, but he was gone way too long. Eventually, the worker came back, but he appeared strange. The worker seemed anxious in trying to convince the others to follow him to the hole. That's when the four remaining workers blacked out, only to be awakened to 15 of their comrades missing. Now, the missing 15 workers were never found, recovered, or heard of again. The mining company filed for bankruptcy in 1990 after the families of the missing workers filed a lawsuit against the company. To this day, Dillerson Farm still remains untouched and unexplored. Now that brings us to just a few months ago. I used to work for a team of paranormal investigators. Now for, sur- for safety purposes, my name, my colleagues' names have been changed. Months prior, we've been preparing, preparing for a three-day camp and exploration of the farm. If there truly was something cursed about the farm, we were going to find out. And that day finally come. The team for this exploration consisted of Dave, Ashley, Hector, Rob, and myself. Dave was the leader of the exploration, as he had the most experience exploring paranormal locations. Ashley was roughly new to the exploration, but she had an ambition that just couldn't find anywhere else. Hector was the oldest of the group. He joined the team in the hopes of something breaking his skepticism of the paranormal. Rob was stern, a hard-boiled guy, but he was cool as long as you stayed on his good side. We arrived on the farm right around dusk. Now this place was a dusty old mess. I never thought I could describe a place as depressed, but this place was completely devoured of joy and life. The first thing Dave pointed out was the uncanny lack of sound. Nothing could be heard but the dry breeze of the dusty air. There were no birds, insects, or passing cars. It was just complete, utter silence. Not a single living thing had set foot on this land in years. The farm was just an abandoned purgatory lost to time. Something feels off about this place, said Ashley. This place sure as hell gives me the creeps. That for sure, said Hector. I was someone mesmerized by the place. I had heard about the place, but never set foot on the grounds before. Seeing it in person was far, far more intense than any tales could give off. Daylight is fading, people. Let's move, ordered Dave. He simply put it what our mission was. We were to investigate the infamous well. The same one that was spoken of in the Jill John Dillerson case. Dave's plan 
was to attach a submersible camera to the thick wire and send it down the well. Our plan was to see if we could find what the police could never. If John Dillerson's story has any kind of weight, then the bodies of the family may still be in the well, if they were ever there in the first place. While Dave, Hector, and Rob set up the line and camera for the well, Ashley and I investigated the farm that Dillerson living quarters. Now the house had nothing interesting. For the most part, it was completely emptied. The only thing that remained were a few old kitchen appliances. The barn was no different. The place was mostly empty other than, you know, leftover uh, farm equipment. There was one thing that Ashley noted, though. There was a strange trail in the dirt that led from the farm to the filled hole by the outhouse. The trail looked fresh, too fresh. What made it even creepier was the trail didn't seem like it was made by a person. It was weird and disorganized. At some points, the trail was serpentine. At other points, it turned insect-like. Ashley took a photo for the notes. I couldn't escape the unease of what could have caused the trail, though. It was now 8 p.m. The line was ready to go down. I set up tents, placed fly lights on the scene. This was about to be a long night. Hector loaded the camera on the brim of the well. On Dave's cue, the camera began to descend. We have vision, Ashley confirmed as the camera's point of view appeared on her laptop. It's too dark. Activate night vision, requested Dave. Ashley activated the night vision from her laptop as the camera continued to descend. There was nothing strange so far. All I could see were the walls of the well. We now descended to 20 feet, said Ashley. The man-made stone walls of the well continued onward. Hmm, it's a bit strange the well goes down this deep. The stone walls, that is, I said. Dave looked at me like I sounded like an idiot. I probably did in his mind. We've descended to 40 feet, said Ashley. At this point, we began to see moisture against the walls. Something was a little off, though. There was a strange black ooze beginning to appear in patches. At first glance, one would assume that it was mildew or sludge, but it slightly wiggled as the camera passed it. It would almost compare to slugs. What is that? I asked. Probably just worms. They're decomposers, you know. Maybe they've been eating something dead down there, said Rob semi-sarcastically. We've descended to 80 feet, said Ashley, confused. 80? What happened to 60? I asked. I don't know. The camera completely skipped a marker. It's just a glitch. Proceed, said Dave. Hector and Rob continued lowering the line. 
By this point, the walls had stopped being stone. The walls were just a combination of darkened mud and that of weird black sludge. That's when the camera came to study to a sudden halt. Why did you guys stop? asked Dave. We didn't. I think we hit something, said Rob. The camera didn't show anything, though. We were still looking at the small, murky sludge. That's when the camera began to short out. The signal began to go in and out. For a split second, the screen changed to something else. Ashley, pause the live feed and play that back, said Dave. Ashley did so, and surely enough, something showed up for a millisecond. Ashley took a few tries before she was successfully able to pause the image. It was a black screen with a few simple words. What are you looking for? Seeing this made everyone pause. Well, that's freaky, said Hector. What do you do about that? Asked Rob. This is just an interference. Satellite interruptions. Keep going. This is nothing to do with us, said Dave. Dave was thoroughly creeped out. I could see it all over his face. After a bit of wrestling with the wire, the camera began to descend again. We've descended 280 feet, said Ashley through a shaky voice. For the first time through the entire descent, the camera's audio detected something. It started as a slight noise, but the lower we went, the louder it became. Soon we could vividly hear what it was. It was the painful meows of a cat. The sound was clearly a cat, but it sounded warped and distorted. The only way I could describe it, it was as if something that wasn't a cat was trying desperately to sound like one. Though it all, we went lower and lower. Eventually, the meowing began to less animalistic and more human-like. The cries of the cat began to sound like cries of people, several people. The voices screamed in unison. By this point, Ashley was ready to get the hell out of there. I was as well. Rob tried his best to stay composed, but I could tell he was on the verge of freaking out. The night vision wasn't even seeing anything anymore. It was just darkness. The screen began to display the words and phrases. Mabel, Bobby, Sam, Frank, Joshua, Whiskey. They are part of us now. You can be part of us too. Behold. The camera's footage was cut out entirely. The camera remained off for several minutes. Suddenly, Hector and Rob yelled as the wire began rapidly descending. Something was pulling the camera, and it was pulling hard. Rob tried to grab the wire, only for it to burn his hands. The wire reached its limit, the end of the wire, which was rooted into the ground, finally popped out and went straight down the well. No! 
The camera! Yelled Dave. The footage of the camera returned. Camera death displayed minus 340. The camera appeared to be somewhere else. We could see stalagmites, water, and other of that black sludge. Something picked up the camera just out of view and then held it there for a few seconds. The screen displayed the final set of messages. Dave, Ashley, Rob, Hector, Mark, don't be afraid. We can keep you safe down here. The camera turned to reveal what was holding it. What we saw made all of us visibly pale. A grotesque emulation looked into the camera. We could see what appeared to be a combination of three women, four men, a cat, and a few other creatures. All of them were covered in a coating of black fluid. Then, in unison, they smelled into the camera. The camera went offline for good. Suddenly, we began hearing something rapidly climbing the walls. All of us ran to the van as quickly as possible. We had no regard for our belongings or each other. All of us jumped into the vehicle, stepped on the gas like there was no tomorrow. In the rearview mirror, we could see a disgusting mass chasing us on thin insect-like legs. The entire ride was silent. All of us were lost in our own shock. We just discovered something horrifying at the Dillerson farm. But all the evidence has just been abandoned there. When something like that happens, you don't think about evidence or conspiracy. All that's on your mind is survival. I gave up on the paranormal investigation after that. I think all of us did. I never heard from any of them again. I assume they just went out and got normal jobs. I never saw or heard mention of the Dillerson farm ever again. Truth be told, I don't think I want to know anything about it. If it weren't up to me, I'd tell the military to go in there, burn the place to ashes. There are some things in this world that human eyes were not meant to understand. What was in that well? Whatever became of it? I met several theories of what could have been. I first thought it was some there was somebody snatching aliens living under Dillerson Farm. My other theory was that the well may have been some sort of portal to hell. I don't think I'll ever truly know what it was. However, I'll leave this off with a simple message. If you ever come across a place called Dillerson Farm, stay the hell away from it. Dillerson Farm is a place of lost time. It's a place that remains a desolate blind spot in the eyes of God and is what it must remain. Whatever you do, let Dellerson farm rots. Interesting read. What would you do if you came across a location and you saw things that you didn't think existed in this planet I don't know what I would do I'd probably run being the way I am and being crazy and ooh cool let's see that 
um, you know, if something like that, I would fuck it, leave everything, grab my phone, and take off running. There's no way that I'm going to end up standing there and waiting to see what happens. You know, I want to unalive myself a lot, but in this case, no thank you. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run and take my little fat ass to my vehicle, step on them freaking gas and leave. Yeah. This is one of those crazy ones, those mind fuck ones. I liked it. I give it a ten out of ten, in my opinion. Alright folks, talk to you all later. Hope you guys enjoy your Saturday. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, you know what to do. Um, enjoy your Saturday and stay healthy. Don't forget to keep it ghosting.